want to thank you for tuning in with Garrick and Michelle, where you listen to Out My Mouth Into Your Ear, where we talk about love, love politics, and love all that, that other stuff. stuff. <laughs> so what are we talking about today, baby? So today we want to talk about the Honorable John Lewis. Yeah, yeah. And his contributions that he did for his hometown of Troy, Alabama, and he made Atlanta his second home, as well as all the works that he did, not only for those two locations, but for people all over the world. Yeah. His funeral was, I mean, was extraordinary, you know, and it was very touching. Heartfelt. Heartfelt and all that. It was to go back across that bridge, horse carriage. Rose petals that they laid out before the bridge. One guy said that that was a representation of the bloodshed that was lost on that march. And the point where they, you know, he was on the, the carriage, the guy on the carriage was stopped at the very point where, where he, the when first the first attack took place. Yeah. And he made each stop was a replication of the enactments that took place that day. Yeah. It, was, it was pretty hard. Yeah, very, very painful, you know, just to sit and watch it, you know. Yeah. And, you know, coming from the South, I know, you know, you're, you're more connected to a lot right. of this stuff. It, you know, I always say that, you know, you're right here in it, right? The birthplace, it. the birthplace. Yeah. It's, it's almost like being born in Atlanta. It was nothing to run into these people at a restaurant or some type of gathering in a park, you see these people. And so in a sense, not that you take it for granted, it's just that it was just so empowering. And what I mean by that is, this is why it's hard for me to understand, you know, self-esteem issues, which which is normal, people, people have them. But to be around or be in close proximity with such people that had such bravado and such character and such firmness about them, just to be around them, it just made, I know what it did for me, it just made me feel that much more empowered. Right, and you, right. You let go of the fears and you can approach life. Um, it, it was, it's just amazing. You know, just watching when they was going over John Lewis history, just watching all of that was sending chills through my body, you know. Yeah. And yeah. and just to know that where Martin Luther King House is and mm -hmm. that landmark on Auburn Avenue, that that was just right up the street from the neighborhood that I grew up in, which is some of And we'll touch on some of you a lot of history out of something that makes, yeah. makes me proud. Yeah, but he had, overall, he had a very full life. Um, I'll just share some of the, you know, some of the facts people, you know, probably didn't know, um, unless, you know, dug into a little bit of history about John Lewis. <laughs> but um, most recently, um, he served on um, the House of Representatives in Georgia from 1987 to 20, um, 2000 um, 20. Right. Um, 
most importantly, which I want to call out because I know you're going to bring them up, but uh, he also served on the, non, uh, the Student Nonviolent Coordinating Committee from 1963 to 1966. And so his predecessor, the person who succeeded him in that, Stokely Carmichael. Stokely. So let's talk about Stokely Carmichael. <laughs> but Stokely Carmichael was, was an awesome character. Of course, he would be considered one of the first radicals um, outside of Malcolm X, well, coming from Atlanta. So Stokely Carmichael was from Trinidad, and he, he was so taken away about the brutality uh, and the mistreatment of black people. So he decided to, to come to Atlanta and, and and build his hub here in Atlanta. So what I like about Stokely Carmichael, he found his way all the way to my hometown, <laughs> Summer Hill, Georgia. From Trinidad, right? From Trinidad. Wow. So he, he became the, um, the chairman after John Lewis, okay? And so as chairman, Let's see what this says here. He got he he was so frustrated about the the nonviolence approach, which he had adopted and accepted the nonviolence approach. But through that nonviolence approach, we were still being treated badly and brutally and roughly, and things weren't getting accomplished. Right? Things wasn't getting accomplished. Yeah. Right. So. A younger generation moved in, it's like, hey, something needs to be done. And so when one of the walk, walks against fear, which they took, which took place in Mississippi, one of the, um, the activists at that time named Marion was shot and wounded, and she was too severely wounded to continue on. Mm -hmm. So Stokely Carmichael said, he, he made that decision that, hey, we got to carry on and move forward till we reach Greenwood, Mississippi, which was in uh, June 16th of, um, of 66, I believe that was. So, he gave an address in Mississippi that year. And this is was a defining moment in his uh, civil rights movement, which he said, we have been saying freedom now for six years. What we are going to start saying now is black, Power uh, now. Oh man, that's some chills up your side, know, right? Because we always talking it. about black power. We have yeah. no idea yeah. where it originated from, where it came from. Right. So this was an address that Stokely Carmichael gave in June, June 16, 1966. Mm -hmm. He gave this address and he and he said black power. So that just resonated not just through our country, but that resonated all Across over the world. The world. Yep. So, and let's see here. It, the phrase black power quickly caught on as a rallying cry of a younger, more radical generation of civil rights activists. And what's funny, what, what's funny to me about that is that they were saying that they were more radical and this was in 1966. Uh -huh. and then my generation come along, which I can, is the, so, Tupac, yeah. the, the Tupac <laughs> generation, which we were considered the Generation X. Yeah. Which I think that I felt that we were more radical than them. Now, it's all in perspective. It's right? all in perspective. <laughs> they was probably a little bit more organized mm -hmm. than we were. We were more ready to take to the streets yeah. with the protesting and the, the, the riots.
But now fast forward today with those the children, that's the, a third generation from that point yeah. to now. And and it's more radical. Mm -hmm. So now we have Black Lives Matter, which is so controversial now within the black community as well as other communities. It's like how did we get here, right? So, but if we take Martin Luther King's approach of nonviolence and civil rights, we it was civil rights for all. Mm -hmm. We didn't we didn't discriminate. Martin Luther King didn't discriminate with the civil rights, saying that we don't the civil rights can't be for the gay people. No, civil rights was yeah. for all people. Yeah. So it, I just want for us to get on the same page with. Yeah. So who cares? Yeah. You know what I'm saying? And, and back then they were actually somewhat on the same page, and that's why we were forced back then. Right. So back then, if you didn't know, John Lewis was part of um, the Big Six, and I'm sure, you know, I haven't heard this across media or anything like that. So um, the Big Six was um, just a group of, you know, men that were civil rights act activists that worked together, Right. you know. Um, and uh, the people that were included in that was Whitney Young, um, A. Philip Randolph, um, of course, MLK Jr., uh, James Farmer, and then Roy Wilkins. And just to go into a little bit of who they are, just like really quick. But um, so Whitney Young, he ended in unemployment discrimination. Um, he also um, kind of. He didn't end it. He worked. He was working on it to, to, to improve to it. Improve it. To yeah, you're right. You're and right. We're still struggling with those issues today. <laughs> yeah. He hadn't stopped. You're right. And then, so he also um, worked with the NAACP to aggressively work to make them um, more focused on um, being more aggressive because they were very passive back in the day. So that was good. And then A. Randolph, he um, was first predominantly the African American Labor Union. He started that one, mm -hmm. the first one. The Labor Union. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And then James Farmer. Um, he was the, let me get it right, um, he was the person that supported um, nonviolent protests. So he worked closely with Martin Luther King. So when you talk about him being not a nonviolent man, that's, that was his right-hand man from that standpoint. So that was interesting to find out when I went through this because I didn't know who he was. Um, then uh, Roy Wilkins, he was the executive secretary of the NAACP and also the director until he died in 
Well, let's go. Let's do some history on some of you. Um, man, yeah. this is it. Make this give me a warm, fuzzy feeling inside. <laughs> so, some Hill began as Atlanta first African American development after the Civil War, mm. which was guided by William Jennings, which was a, a, a real estate attorney. So, this property was settled by freed slaves during this time. All right, so during the early 1900s, the neighborhood homes had become a group of diverse neighbors, which consist of Jews and Greek. Now reading that is like, that part wow. like tripped me up. So I'm, I have to go back to growing up in something here. I don't, rem I don't recall seeing not one white person in the community during that time. Not one. That's interesting. So, you say after the Civil War, we talk in 1865. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. I never, I had the wonderful opportunity to sit and talk with my great grandma who was born in 1908. So, just to think of 1908, it was settled. People started, the Jewish people was moving in 1911. She was born in 1908. Oh my God, I was just imagining. And I, I'm just so grateful to have the opportunity to sit with her and to get her mannerisms, just to, to have an idea of how she thought about life. But I was too young to really get into too many details about political life and racial stuff. But just the idea of, of seeing that woman and can picture her during that time period. Yeah. And I do know that, you know, great grandmama, she wasn't a fan of white people. And I used to wonder, I often wondered what was her experiences that, to make, to have her to have those emotions. And, and, and it's funny that you bring that up because, you know, as, you know we all we have children and stuff, so we try to protect the children. We don't right. want to, you know, put too much on them at any given time, right. you know. Right. So, I can only imagine what they were going through back right. then, trying to protect right. their children and not allow them the exposure of all the racism the and all hate. the hate and the challenges. Well, you know, that the mansions and stuff was going on exactly. strong. Yes, and my exactly. great grandma had 10 children. Exactly. She had five boys, mm -hmm. five girls. Mm -hmm. And I never got the opportunity to meet the boys. Great uncles, but I had the pleasure of knowing all my great aunts. Beautiful, beautiful women. Mm -hmm. um, it, it was, you know, and I just often sit. So, what happened to my uncles? Did that make? Did that bring the bitterness or the dislike from my my grandmother? What was happening to her male children? Mm -hmm. See what I'm saying? But I, those are questions that I wish that I could have had with her. Because yeah. I, oh man, I could, I could go into some stories and I want, don't want to put my, <laughs> my family out there sharing these stories. I have, oh, to, I have to consult with them first. Yeah, that would be a good idea. <laughs> Telling some of those stories. But, uh, yeah. but nonetheless, just growing up around these people, let's spit some of these names out of these yeah. leaders that was in yeah. the city. Give and I went accolades. Right. You know, and then I went to high school with the, these leaders, the children. I mean... Uh -huh. So I always felt like I was a part of something. You know what I mean? Uh-huh. Uh-huh. You look over and see this this that's 
such and such son, that's such and such daughter. That, that was I was right there in the mix of all these beautiful people. Yeah, it but that's, gave that's, me a sense that's, of pride. That's now looking back at it. Right. You know, but when you was going through it, everybody was just everybody. Everybody was everybody. Right. It was just it was, a, it was like normal. Exactly, which right? was abnormal, right. Right? right? It was normal. Because yeah. <laughs> everybody didn't have that exposure that experience, yeah. right? So history hadn't really like set in yet, right? Amazing. Yeah. So we're talking about the Martin Luther Kings that people know around the world. Mm -hmm. Right here in Atlanta. Martin Luther King, Hosea Williams, Andrew Young, yeah. Stokely Carmichael, C. T. Billy, Ralph David Avenue, Man. Julian Bond. Julian Bond. Oh, and the list is going on, right? Goes on. Yeah. So, and let's talk about Julian Bond for a second. Yeah. Julian Bond was a charismatic figure. I, all, everybody was good looking, so I, it was, you know, I, I can just that. only imagine. I mean, and the southern hospitality going from this house to that house, you can only imagine what the was things on. that could, could happen at that time. I don't want to put any thoughts in y'all here. I'll let y'all go with that because I, I love and admire and respect these brothers and of course we are human beings and I'd rather focus on the positive than the negative yeah, right absolutely. so Julian Bond and and this is what I hate about our in our community that we got to learn to to agree to discipline learn how to just because we have a different opinion just because just because we see things differently, that doesn't mean it has to end in some type of violence or fight. Yeah. You see what I'm saying? Mm -hmm. Let's just respect one another and disagree and come back and find the things that brings us together. Or, or focus on the one common goal and keep that at the center of everything. Keep that at the center of everything. You know, you can agree to disagree, but focus that's achieved, on the goal. Let's achieve this goal. Absolutely. So John Lewis, and Julian Bond, of course, they was running for that congressional seat. Mm -hmm. And that contest became contentious and heated. Mm -hmm. So, and of course, at the end of that contest, ultimately, John Lewis ended up winning that seat. And he, and he held that seat for 30 years or so. Mm -hmm. Don't quote me on the numbers, but we can, it was a pretty long time. So, but that was kind of, of course, that loss for Julian Bond was, it was a huge loss for them. Yeah. So they had uh, some some disagreements and some hard feelings there. But the good part about that, I'd like to say, is that they mended that relationship. Yeah. And so out of all the leaders that you have mentioned, how many of them are still with us? Like. It's not even a handful. So right, it, that's know, a good question. I think um, Andrew Young probably Andrew Young. Well, Jesse Jackson came through Atlanta by way of Chicago, mm -hmm. but it's only a handful of these leaders left. Still around. And uh, yeah. we want to, you know, when I go through certain cities um, and the privileges that I have access to now, mm -hmm. it does. Put chills up my spine to know that Martin Luther King and others of his statue fought for us to have these rights. Yeah. And when you sit back and think about that, uh, 1965 Golden Right Act, that's not that long ago. 
I see, and I remember coming up, we, we talked about the Civil War as a child going through middle school or elementary school. We talking about the Civil War. And you say 1865, and then you fast forward to 1965. We're only talking 100 years. But when, when we're in school, right, it's in our head. It's like it's that's so far, far away. Yeah. So these things are really present in our life. And we're still fighting to this day, which is unbelievable to me. I what what trips me out is the hatred. I it, it just blows my mind how people could be filled with so much hatred. Yeah. And, and then you, if you sit down and just truly evaluate the situation, what did we as black people, what have we done? <laughs> what did we do? To everybody. To, ev to anybody. <laughs> I mean, we don't own airplanes. We don't own bombs. We don't own the system, the, the, system, we're, we're, we're the banking. We have no control and power to cause any... Uh, problems with any group in the world but everybody hate our us is it is, is it this melanin what is it what it's like god 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 talk to your boy what is really the problem i mean we have in our spirit is so loving and that loving spirit it that makes me upset at times, because we're always so quick to forgive people that cause us so much harm. Mm -hmm. And it's like when, you know, sometimes that frustration like Stokely Carmichael had, that nonviolence, I can, I understand that. Mm -hmm. Because you can only take so many punches from, from a person or from anybody until you start throwing your punches back. Yeah. And I just, you know, just based on history, I think that history tells you exactly the world we're living in and black people overall are just too much of kindred spirits and we just need to wake up like you know we're fighting we're fighting um just a world that's not as good as we would like we're like hey let's why, why aren't you being nice to us you know right and, this and that's world, not this is not the world, you know, so I think we kind of need to wake up to that and just realize that that's not what we're dealing with and deal with the reality of it, you know, um, because I don't think that we're going to ever get to a place, and it's just my personal opinion, I don't think we're going to ever get to a place where they're like, oh, you know, I, I figured out I was completely wrong and I shouldn't be treating you like this. I just don't. Because, see, I, I was... talk about hundreds of years. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? So but, if at some point they felt that way, then that would have been passed on through generations of children, and they would teach them, and it, it just seems like it's going the opposite direction right. in, so, on many of right. so. so it's like, what would change the course? We've been, we've been, singing, the, oh, we've been singing these songs yeah. since yeah. The, the Malcolm X, <laughs> Stoke Carmine. We've been singing this yeah. song since... Yeah. Civil, let's say at the end of slavery, at the, at the Civil War. We've been singing these. Right. So what is like, what can be the turning moment? Yeah. Then we get this president. The Trump. This the Trump effect. I mean, the, the make, a, make America Great slogan. What, what is this? 
our country, this is the worst I ever seen. Yeah. I mean, we, we haven't, we haven't, pro, even just going through the history books, yeah. we haven't protested in every freaking state. Yeah. Well, every state. And normally it's the other countries out that shows on. Right. And now, now it's here in every state. Like, in every state, but not only in every state. It's protesting created here because of George right. Floyd, right. and it went all over the world. And that's because, and no, make no mistake about it, that's because of this president that we have right now. He has fueled his fire to create all this chaos. Well, you know what I say, right? We got about 100 days left, and it's so imperative that everybody goes to vote. So I can't fun. say it. So if I have to say it on every, every, every episode we have, you must go out and vote. It's so critical. You know, you can't just find an excuse, oh, I'm just not going to do it this time. We need to show up and show out. And to, to piggyback on that thought, it cringes. It, it gets me very upset when these conspiracy theories come in about voting. Right. It, 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 we can do a whole episode on that. Right, but it makes me so very upset when people talk about, oh, your vote don't matter. These people already decided who's going to be. Okay, I get that. I understand that. Mm -hmm. But let's, let's flip it. If your vote was not important, we wouldn't be having issues with the Voting Rights Act now. They, they got would the, not be trying to oppress your vote. Right. There was no significance in your vote. If your vote didn't mean nothing, <laughs> oh, up in, sense, in Kentucky, right? they, they want to open one polling place right. for That's ridiculous. for all those residents? That is ridiculous. So you want to tell me your vote is not important. If your vote was important, they would make sure that everybody, mm -hmm. everybody would have access mm -hmm. to the vote. Mm -hmm. But since... I mean, they come up with all these crazy rules. You got to have a driving license. You got to pay this bill. You got to right. pay your violations. Mm -hmm. All this stuff is crazy. If 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 you want people to vote, let people have access to vote. And and people stop listening to these people saying that your vote don't matter. If your vote doesn't matter, we won't have all this controversy. And what have you got to lose to go to the polls? Take a couple hours out of your day, go to the polls, and vote. It's not going to, are you, are you going to stand in line, you, is standing in line killing you? Yeah. Are you going to die from standing in line? Well, take it. John Lewis got his skull cracked. Exactly. For fighting for the right to vote. And about his whole life. Right. Just so, so you won't get your head cracked. Yep. You're just standing in line. Mm -hmm. You might feel some rain. It doesn't hurt. Go and vote. We got to yeah. change the way this system operates, yeah. and the power is in your voice that's at, at the ballot. The power is in the people. Black power. <laughs> oh, man. Stokely Carmichael. Shout out to Stokely. <laughs> man. Summer Hill, Georgia. Yeah. But anyway, um, just want to say thanks for tuning in to Garrett and Michelle, bringing you Out My Mouth Into Your Ear, where we talk about love, love politics. politics. And all, all that, that other stuff. Like, subscribe, support, and give us your feedback. This podcast is now available on several different platforms, so definitely check us out. And we soon will be uploading all these videos. Oh, to yeah. You get to see us in get person. To see us. You'll love it. <laughs>
and our quarantine naturalness. Nothing fancy. Just quarantine <laughs> down in the basement. Spread love. <laughs> Until next time, peace and love. Peace and love.